Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa. For years, ParCast has worked tirelessly to bring you an unprecedented look at history's most radical true crime events. Your support has not only allowed us to keep exploring these stories, but has driven us to keep expanding as well. So as a thank you to the ParCast listeners, I am honored to announce the release of our first book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. It's available on July 12th, and you can pre-order it today at parcast.com cults. The Branch Davidians, The Anthill Kids, Heaven's Gate, and more. Cults combs through the terrifying details never explored in any of Parcast's series before. This is a passion project only made possible by you. So we truly hope you'll enjoy it. Visit parcast.com slash cults to pre-order your copy of Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. What if... Someone told you in your little ears that in 1875, a small group of Christian philanthropists planned to eradicate war and poverty from the earth. And what if you were told that this small, secretive group of good Christian people were being assisted by little men with metallic heads? I'd say, okay, Hannah, thank you for sharing that information with me. And then I'd say it doesn't sound very likely. And I'd say it probably sounds a bit bonkers. But here's the twist. Because in 1934, one man actually managed to convince thousands of people to believe just the very things that our dear Hannah just told us. And these people joined this man's group and helped spread his message. And in doing so, they made him very, very rich indeed. His name was Arthur Bell, and his group was Mankind United. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sinister Societies, a Spotify original from Parcast. I am Hannah McGuire. And I'm Saruti Bala. And every week, we're going to cover your favorite cults, faith followers, and secret societies. We'll look at how some of the biggest secretive societies and cults have made their fortunes. And how they've also managed to run in plain sight and permeate into your everyday life. And yes, today we're going to tell you about the highly secretive group who are, despite their name, not a football team. Yeah, it sounds like when... You know, in Futurama, when they play sports against the other planets. Yes. This is our football team. Exactly. Earth's football team, Mankind United. And they suck. Yeah. Yeah. And they lose. They never even qualify for the Galactic Cup. They're all in scandals up to their ears. Yeah. 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 All of that. And we're talking about soccer, like proper football, not Proper football, football not hand egg. Sorry about it, guys. So yeah, international listeners. In Britain, a lot of our football teams are, well, all of them are named after places, but some of them, if there are two teams within one city, you'll have... Manchester City, Manchester United, for example. So I will always think of Sheffield United, Leeds United. The word United just makes British people with our little British brains think, think about football. football. But this is not about football. It's about men with metal heads. And its founder, Arthur Bell, is who we're going to tell you about today. Bell claimed that poverty and war could be eradicated from the world and that a utopian life was possible. We'll get into how he managed to convince thousands of Californians to join his cosmic cult. A cult that promised a four-day work week and a house with a pool. 
I'm on board. That sounds very Californian to me. Mm-hmm. A four-day work week in a house with a pool. Fantastic. I'm a Californian. Sign me up. And also, like, apart from the little men with hats bit, isn't that what all philanthropists want? All Christian philanthropists are striving for a world without war and poverty? That's what they claim. This episode is brought to you by The Weather Channel. The key to solving any mystery? Smart decisions based on the facts. In the case of the weather's effect on your well-being, turn to the Weather Channel app. It clues you in on how weather shapes your mood, health, and productivity with insights built on reliable forecast data to help you thrive. Because mystery belongs in true crime, not weather. Be a force of nature with the Weather Channel app. Ah, yes, the magnificent trolley Sourbright Crawler, also known as Trollicus brightolus. The worm's captivating neon colour makes it an easy gummy prey. Trolley! It's a surprisingly sour, invitingly chewy, staggeringly snackable species unlike anything else found on this planet. Eat me! Delicious. Visit trolley.com to shop now. Trolley, eat me! Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Let's get into Arthur Bell's early life and how he came to establish the not-football team, Mankind United. But before we dig too deep into his early life, let's give you an idea of what sort of madness we are about to get into. This is a man who once claimed that he fell asleep in San Francisco and a few minutes later woke up on a ship in the mid-Atlantic. I think you might have had a few pints, Arthur Bell. I think maybe you overdid it. You overdid it, fell asleep, and then you woke up on a transatlantic passage. Yes. Easily explained away that one, I think. Stop ruining his groups. Stop ruining Mankind United. This is why we never win anything. Little is known about Arthur Bell's early years, but we do know that he was born in New Hampshire in 1900. In his teens, Arthur Bell moved to San Francisco where he stayed with his aunt, who introduced him to Christian science. So during the 1920s, Arthur Bell worked in real estate and insurance, and at some point got married. He also became a Christian science practitioner and took a strong interest in theological and utopian writings. And here's a little bit of a background on Christian science for those of you who may not be in the know. It was founded by Mary Eddy, in the late 1800s in New England. Eddie believed that God is infinite love, and Christian scientists often prioritize prayer and alternative healing over medicine. But they can see healthcare providers if they need to. So let's get back to Arthur. His finances were hit hard during the economic crash of 1929. He divorced his wife around the same time, but he soon remarried. His new wife, Ruby Chapman, was wealthy and in her 60s, about 30 years his senior. Arthur openly denounced capitalism and was known to quote the scriptures feverishly. 
1934, Arthur released a textbook he had written which made its way around California. It was called Mankind United, A Challenge to Mad Ambition and The Money Changers Accompanied by an Invitation to the World's Sane Men and Women. And Bell sold this book as a piece of non-fiction, but in fact, you will not be particularly surprised to hear that it was all totally made up. And it should be noted that Arthur didn't put his name on the book. He left it anonymous. So even he isn't behind it 100%. He still wants to be able to walk down the street without yeah. stuff thrown at him. The book cost $2.50, which was a lot of money for people living through the Depression. It's about $52 in today's money for a factual book of rubbish. <laughs> in this book, Arthur claimed that on Christmas Day, 1875, a small group of Christian philanthropists formed to help fight poverty and war. There's a lot of those kicking around. Arthur said that the philanthropist's goal was to create an economically equal world. And he gave this group of philanthropists the nickname Sponsors. Arthur wrote that the Sponsors believed that war and poverty existed because of a worldwide organisation that was composed of a small group of evil rich people. And those people were stifling the economic and moral well-being of humankind in order to bring it to total enslavement. The sponsors called the evil people hidden rulers. The hidden rulers were described as the manufacturers, monopolists, arms traders and bankers of the world. They're not a million miles off, to be honest. At least they're not saying they're lizards. No, no, you're right. But Arthur's book went so far as to say that World War I was a laboratory that the rulers had devised for testing the efficacy of their latest instruments of devastation. Okay, there you've lost me. <laughs> to overcome the hidden rulers and prevent enslavement, the sponsors said that they would need 200 million of the world's, quote, clear-thinking men and women. They would be called Mankind United. Steep bench strength there. <laughs> 200 million people. <laughs> I don't think I ever in a million years thought I would hear you use the phrase bench strength. I watch cricket. <laughs> I'm guessing it's all the same. Oh, man. So these clear-minded men and women would be called Mankind United and they would compete for Earth in the Galactic Cup. No, they wouldn't. They would actually disband the world's armies and navies, except they wouldn't really do that either. They might have had better luck at Galactic Football if there was 200 million of them. Quite. In return for the Mankind United getting rid of all of the armies and the navies, etc. In return, there would be no war or poverty and people would live in a utopian world. That sounds nice. Does sound nice. And Arthur said that the sponsors were also being assisted by little men with metallic heads who lived in the bowels of the earth. And these little men were able to create floods and earthquakes, maybe with their magnetic heads. Mm-hmm. So Arthur said that because the sponsors were a highly secretive group and wanted to remain anonymous, they would need someone to spread their message. Someone who could recruit the many millions of right-thinking people that they needed. And who do you think, Hannah and dear listeners, was tasked by the sponsors to lead Mankind United? Jürgen Klopp. He was a second choice. Okay. Firstly, it was Arthur Bell. Sure. The overthrow of the hidden rulers would occur within 90 days of a recruit's acceptance of the plan, and also after Mankind United had gained their 200 million followers. I love this. It's like, once I get 200 million followers on this post, I'm going to shave my head. <laughs> We're going to eradicate all the armies of the world. And this is also when their utopian world 
would become a reality. That's the thing. They've got to get the work done first. They've got to get the job done first before they can do everything else. Coming up, we'll get into how Arthur Bell convinced thousands of people to believe in the sponsors, little men with metallic heads, and machines that could pop out people's eyeballs from a hundred miles away. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cashback rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hi, listeners. It's Carter from ParCast Network. It's the perfect time to grab yourself a second helping of the Spotify original from ParCast, Devious Dads. Our limited series is back with a new collection of episodes from across the network, exposing the unfortunate families whose patriarchs had a penchant for causing pain. Criminal masterminds, spies, murderers. Every Sunday on Spotify, Devious Dads features the fathers who chose to put the fear of God into those they tormented, including their own families. Some men raise children. Others raise hell. Be sure to follow season two of Devious Dads free and only on Spotify. So, let's get into how Arthur Bell managed to recruit thousands into Mankind United, the intergalactic football team. Arthur had a big mission. As we mentioned a moment ago, he had to gather 200 million people for the sponsors so they could overthrow the hidden rulers. So to get started, Arthur gathered some friends and told them that he was the messiah of a secret movement that would save the world from the hidden rulers. It's always good to start with your friends. Start with the people you know. When you got a big number to hit like that, get it out amongst the friends and family first. You can't convince your mates. You'd be lost in the wide world. Precisely, precisely. And Arthur told people that he had spent 15 years of his life going through rigorous training so he could carry out the sponsor's wishes. He promised followers 
that if they and other people surrendered all their worldly possessions to join him, they could all be freed from their middle-class oppression and given middle-class freedom. (laughs) Arthur told people that the sponsors would only communicate through him, no one else, and that's why they gave him the nickname, The Voice. Arthur delegated himself as the superintendent of the Pacific Coast Division of Mankind United. What is it in The Simpsons where he's like assistant vice executive president? Junior executive vice president. That's it. (laughs) Mankind United established local chapters called bureaus throughout California. Bureaus were divided into districts helmed by a captain and districts were further subdivided into areas led by a lieutenant, each of whom recruited his or her own enrollees and organized meetings. So in these districts that are subdivided, it doesn't seem very easy to control all of these people. 200 million people is a lot of people. Well, yeah, I suppose you are going to have to outsource eventually. (laughs) And inside these districts, lieutenants exhorted new recruits to buy a copy of Arthur's book, which was considered the group's Bible. And they had to buy it for themselves and for their friends too. Book pyramids. Yeah, it's book MLM. And recruits were told to pass on the message to their friends and encourage them to buy a copy of Mankind United. For a mere $2, which is $52 yeah. in today's money, just to remind everyone. And this led to the distribution of more than 100,000 copies in several editions. And guess what? The lieutenants are not only motivated by tidy men with little metal ball bearing heads, they also made a commission for each book that they sold. Ah, well, that's interesting. $52 is a lot of dollars. It is a lot of dollars. And I guess that you know, just saving the world and ridding poverty and war isn't enough. You've also got to give people a bigger incentive in the shape of money, which is interesting for a utopian world that they're building. By now, you're probably wondering what these followers were being promised. Well, here's what Arthur's utopia looked like. People wouldn't have to work more than eight months out of the year. Work weeks would only be four days with a maximum of four hours work each day. Sold. This is the most like middle class cult we've ever come across. Sign me up. (laughs) And minimum pay would be three grand a year, which is about $60,000 in today's money. Again, I'm in. Everyone would get a pension. Every family would have a 25 grand house, which would include a pool, a television, a radio and other mod cons of the era. And everyone would get free education. And obviously, there'd be no war or poverty. I think I might be a Mankind united I mean, the thing I have is the question is, how? Also, why would anyone work for even the four hours a day you want them to work when they already have a house and a TV and a pool and all the things they want? Sticking point. There's the rub. <laughs> you mean I just get all this for free? Then why the fuck am I here working my four hours a day for four days a week? Who's making the televisions? Who's building the pool? Who's building the houses? Because people don't want to work. One would presume that you don't get the 60 grand unless you're working. I see. So I I think your house and your pool, that's like... Dependent on your four days. No, I think that's a given. I think if you want money for more stuff, then you have to work. Okay, I see, I see. But I take your point. (laughs) So followers of Mankind United were expected to enroll in courses and training programs that cost about $20 in tuition. A hefty sum in Depression-era America because it's about $400 in today's money. Eventually, members were asked to donate up to 50% of their salaries to the cause. And it's thought that between 1934 and 1940, Mankind United had gathered as many as 14,000 followers. Mankind United claimed that the attack on Pearl Harbor 
was a conspiracy between munitions manufacturers and the FBI. Mankind United discouraged the purchase of war bonds, advised followers on how to avoid the draft, and maligned the intentions of the US allies. Mankind United said that their goal was to destroy the hidden rulers' machines that were used for killing. The sponsors, according to Arthur, had machines that could pop the eyes out of human beings from 100 miles away. But arms bonds, those aren't allowed. No, 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 no. I mean, again, it's just, you get into that classic hypocrisy of, well, if they do it, it's bad, but if we do it, it's fine. I can pop your eyeballs out, but it's because I know what I'm doing. And this same machine, the Eyeball Popper 3000, could also be used to create power plants capable of exterminating a million people with a single blast. Boom. Yeah, someone's tapped into the Manhattan Project. Like, it's, <laughs> do you know what? Like, apart from the little men, he's not far off on quite a lot of things. No, and it's also, like you said, it's not that divergent to what other people were saying mm. at the time as well. Arthur traveled throughout California to monitor and encourage the activities of individual bureaus, which concentrated on the dissemination of his anti-war, anti-capitalist propaganda. And in 1942, the federal government got tired of Mankind United's conspiracy theories and anti-war propaganda. Arthur and 16 other leaders of the group were arrested and charged with sedition. In 1943, Arthur and nine other Mankind United associates were convicted and sentenced to terms ranging from one to five years in a federal penitentiary. But they were later overturned on appeal. They must have been paying their taxes. (laughs) By 1945, Mankind United had acquired property worth nearly $4 million, which is close enough to $60 million in today's money. And much of this money was funneled back to Arthur Bell's San Francisco headquarters. He had several luxurious apartments and mansions, including a swinging pad in Hollywood on the Sunset Strip with an indoor swimming pool, a pipe organ, and a secret cocktail bar because alcohol was forbidden to the rank and file, which is presumably why everyone had so much money to be pissing away on books that make no sense. (laughs) And while he was living in Hollywood, living his indoor pool dream, he was also hanging out at nightclubs. Saucy. (laughs) And while Arthur lived the high life, his followers worked in various Mankind United businesses, including hotels, ranches, and shops. They were paid less than $40 a month, and worked up to 16 hours a day, seven days a week, year-round. Oh, that sounds quite different to the... Oh, the utopia is what we're building to. Yeah, the utopia is what he gets to Mm -hmm. do. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, I see. I'm all on board for that. But jumping back in time for a moment, in 1943, when things had started to fall apart for Mankind United, Arthur realised that if he wanted to continue his money-making scam, he needed a new plan. So he started laying the groundwork for a new group, This one would be more exclusive, 200 million is far too many people. And this one would be called Christ's Church of the Golden Rule, or the CCGR. Do you know what the Golden Rule is? Um, no. It's treat others as you wish to be treated yourself. That's it? That's like the golden commandment, yeah. Welcome to Sunday School with Hannah. So the Ten Commandments are obviously the basis, right? And then Jesus comes along and he has two things that he adds, which is turn the other cheek and treat others as you wish to be treated and treat others as you wish to be treated yourself is what is known as the golden rule. Love thy neighbor as yourself. I see. It's a good rule. Mm -hmm. Arthur convinced 750 mankind followers to turn over all of their possessions for the privilege of joining his new, far more exclusive church. And with all this delicious money, Arthur and his wife started buying up yet more property. 
that money's already got to him. Suddenly, Mr. Christian Philanthropist is like, ah, oh, but this yeah. is better. He's like, oh, I've got all of this money. And quite literally, the rest of the world has no money. So mm. I'm just going to buy all of this stuff for super cheap and keep it. Yeah, because it's like, remember when I was saying how like the spiritual stuff is way better than the material stuff? Turns out I like the material stuff like way more. Or maybe I could just have both. <laughs> but I need all your money to do it. Up next, we'll get into how Arthur Bell grew his new and exclusive church, which generated him millions more dollars. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. So let's get into Arthur's new non-profit business venture, Christ's Church of the Golden Rule. The church defined itself as a voluntary association of citizens banded together, and they've promoted the spiritual and religious welfare of mankind and the importance of economic equality. In January 1944, Arthur established Christ's Church of the Golden Rule as a non-profit religious organization. And Arthur transferred Mankind United's assets to the CCGR. And obviously, he became the church's trustee. Bell and his wife purchased numerous CCGR properties, as did other members of the newly established religion. In just two years, Arthur's new church had $3.4 million in assets, which in today's money would be approximately $53 million. And these properties included the following. Two laundries, six hotels, business buildings, farms, retail shops, vacant lots, beach clubs, mountain resorts, Hollywood mansions, five restaurants, two canneries, two lumber mills, Santa Monica's lush Sorrento Beach Club, a thousand head of cattle, a cheese factory, and 10,000 acres of land. Quite diverse. Yeah, it's a lot of numbers and a lot of stuffs. Mm -hmm, it is indeed. The CCGR's domain even stretched into Oregon where the church owned a cheese factory, a fish hatchery, and a hydroelectric plant, among other properties. I was about to say something so incredibly stupid. What were we going to say? How does one hatch a fish? They're eggs, Hannah. <laughs> they you are. fucking moron. I've seen Finding Nemo, I know. Well, yeah. I mean, it does seem wrong, though. I'll give you that. So getting back to the church's many, many network of businesses, they owned everything, like we said, from cheese factories to fish hatcheries and everything in between. And they called these businesses projects in CCGR lingo. And they were largely operated by, you guessed it, unpaid labor. And unpaid labor is obviously extremely immoral. It's unethical. It's a violation of human rights. And not particularly conducive with economic equality. No, but it does make you quite a lot of money if you have no overheads. Make you incredibly rich. But it didn't last long this time around. Financial success did not last. Things started to go downhill for Arthur when his followers started to dissent, which they will tend to do if you don't pay them any money. 
And World War II stalled the cult's ability to recruit and the post-war economy was predicted to reinvigorate California's labor market, which he'd obviously been abusing for many years. And the dissenters started legal proceedings to retrieve property that they had donated. And the state of California and federal government stepped in too. They moved to place the church into receivership. The church responded by filing voluntary bankruptcy proceedings in federal court. And in doing so, they stopped receivership seizure of the church's properties. The legal battle went in favor of the dissenters. The proceedings lasted six years, during which many members left, and much of the church's properties were sold. In 1951, Arthur Bell handed over leadership of the church to a senior elder, and then Arthur vanished from public view. In 1964, the Church of the Golden Rule was legally recognized as an independent church and leaders have denied any ties with Bell's original movement. The church purchased a ranch in California that was the home of the famed horse Seabiscuit. There you go. There you go. Keeping it Hollywood. Today, they work with the Seabiscuit Heritage Foundation and the local town to restore and preserve the farm. In 2002, the church reportedly had approximately 65 members. So it's dwindled. Still going, though. Still going, still going. I arguably wonder how much of that is to do with Seabiscuit. <laughs> just like loads of Tobey Maguire enthusiasts <laughs> just moving in. And that is it, guys. That is the absolute bonkers story of Mankind United, the not football team that sounds like a football team, and the CCGR and its leader, Arthur Bell, a.k.a. The Voice. The Voice is quite a good spy name. Mm. I can't remember if you said this on the show or not. Saru's spy name is The Smudge. I did. I gave it to myself, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because I wear brown makeup <laughs> when I wear makeup and it smudges off on things. Yeah, so you always know where she's been. <laughs> and Hannah's is Big Red. Big Red, yeah. I'm still Big Red. You can't be a spy. You stand out too much. You stand out more than me. Well, I don't think either of us could be smudge. Uh, smudges. smudges. <laughs> could be spies. You've no. got to be quite like blend into the background to be a yeah, spy. Yeah, I suppose so. I don't think we could do it. Okay. You've got to be like a grey man with a grey tie and a grey suit mm. hiding in the background. Not have like flamboyant names like the smudge. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala, and we'll be back next week with another great episode. And we just want to mention that for today's episode, we reference Time Magazine, Lampham's Quarterly, and SacredTexts.com. So remember to follow Sinister Societies on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. You can listen to this and all other episodes of Sinister Societies for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, make sure you follow at Parcast on Instagram and on Facebook and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us and want to hear more of us doing this sort of thing in a different kind of way, you can come over to Red Handed, which is our mothership and our first love, anywhere you find your podcasts. And one that just popped into my head was The Vampire of Sacramento. How very California. How very California. Richard Chase, Saruti's boyfriend. Look him up. Look up a young Richard Chase. He's a kind of a hottie before he goes crazy and kills people. And okay, I know this is off tangent, but so like it's widely accepted that like young Joseph Stalin, good looking guy, right? Young Benjamin Netanyahu, Stone Cold Smoke Show. Google it, you will thank me. Well, there you go. If this is the kind of content you're into, then head on over to Red Handed and we will see you there, here, everywhere, next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Sinister Societies is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. 
It's produced by Kristen Acevedo, Gemma Waters, and Tracy Levy. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Kevin McAlpine. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. Research by Chelsea Wood and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. And we're your hosts, Hannah Maguire and Saruti Bala. Hi, it's Carter from Parcast Network. Devious Dads is back for a second season and a new collection of hair-raising episodes from across our catalog of shows. Every Sunday, meet the parents who were anything but protectors. Follow Devious Dads free and only on Spotify. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa. Exciting news. ParCast's first book, Cults Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Join Them, is now available for pre-order at ParCast.com cults. Thanks to your support, we've compiled years of research, insights, and a catalog of case studies to expose more about these cults and the people behind them than ever before. Details which haven't even been explored in our Cults podcast. Visit parcast.com cults to pre-order your copy of Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them.